Hello and welcome to another episode of the English Link podcast. Hello there, Steve Mark, here. Mark and Steve here as usual. Uh, we've been have had a bit of a hiatus from the podcast since you've been traveling. You were in in Europe during mm -hmm. the whole ash cloud uh, yeah, excitement. It was quite interesting. I flew out of here on the, I think it was the tenth of April or so. And uh, went to Sweden and uh, kind of crisscrossed Sweden. Uh, but we were up uh, fairly far north in Sweden in a place called Skellefteå. Flew up there, flew back down. The very next day, all flights were stopped out mm -hmm. of Stockholm Airport. So we were quite lucky in that we weren't stuck up there because that's like about a 15-hour drive mm -hmm. from northern Sweden to Stockholm. Right. That was that would not be so much fun. Mm -hmm. Then we were supposed to. This was all related to the wood business. We were supposed to uh, fly from Stockholm to Hamburg, and then from Hamburg to Vienna. And so, uh, and it was kind of interesting. At first, we didn't believe it that the airports were shut down mm -hmm. because of this. Ash well, you, you. I remember you saying that it didn't look like anything, and the sun was shining. There, and there was no evidence of any ash cloud over us. And maybe mm -hmm. sitting here in North America, you thought Europe was covered in this haze. Well, that's kind of the impression that I had. Oh, it must be really pretty dark over there. No, not ash at all. Blowing around. Sunny days. Every day was sunny, and uh, except that we would look at uh, on the internet, and you'd see the map of Europe with this brown sort of extent of the ash cloud and all the airports that were shut down. But no, we had no evidence of it, and we were supposed to fly down Sunday night to Hamburg, and we decided we're not going to wait. We're just going to assume that the flight isn't going, and so we uh, we have a representative in Sweden, so with his car, we drove down to Hamburg. It was about a 10-hour drive. Mm -hmm. No problem. You know, no major traffic on the roads. Stopped for a sandwich here and there, and that was right. it. Then we were supposed to fly from Hamburg to Vienna, and there again, the planes weren't flying, so we rented a car this time. Uh, the trains were hard to get on in Germany because a lot of people who normally fly were taking the trains. Mm -hmm. So there were two of us uh, at this point, and we just rented a car and drove south. Stopped and spent one night in the uh, medieval town of Dinkelsbühl. It was very nice. Uh, visited a sawmill, and then drove to Vienna and then flew home. Mm -hmm. well, and you were lucky, I guess, on your flight home the day you were... Scheduled to fly home from Vienna was the day the flights were uh, well, that's right. allowed again. So you didn't end up... Because anyone who had been trying to fly home in the days preceding was now on a wait list. Where right. you came along on your scheduled day, you got on your plane and off you went. And right. all the people that had been waiting for a week, however long it was, are, are there on standby, which They're is... Out of luck. Been, uh, well, you know, it was interesting. Not that great. We were driving, and I uh, spoke to my travel agent, and uh, the way my ticket was written, because I always go on the cheapest possible ticket, my farthest point was Vienna. And if you don't show up for one leg, they might consider you a no-show, and therefore you would lose the rest of your, you know, reservations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But it looked like planes were flying out of uh, Frankfurt and they weren't flying out of Vienna. So my travel agent said that he could uh, arrange it with Lufthansa so that uh, I wouldn't have to go to Vienna. Because at this point, we no longer had a meeting in Vienna. But in the end, I just was afraid of doing that because, first of all, the fellow I was with, we couldn't get him on a train to Vienna. So I had to go to Vienna with the car for his sake. Although I could have given him the car, I guess, and taken the train back to 
But it was hard to get on trains, the train station. Mm-hmm. We went to the train station in Munich and, uh, you know, we asked them, uh, what time are the trains to Vienna? And, oh, yeah, there's one at uh, 15.59 and one at 17.22 or something. And I said, are there any seats? Ah, he says, you'll have to line up to find out. Go and take a ticket. There were 40 people ahead of us mm-hmm. for two, you know, two trips. Mind you, they're not all going to Vienna, but we figured our chances, it was very crowded. We figured our chances if we waited mm-hmm. 40 people before we got to speak to a ticket agent, maybe that wasn't so smart. So we just drove to Vienna, mm-hmm. hoping that we could fly out the next day. And we did. Mm-hmm. So that worked out well. Yeah, no, I think it worked out all right for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I, uh, on the flight from uh, Frankfurt, people came on board, you know, as we got on board, there were people who, who started their flight in Frankfurt, F- fellow sitting beside me said that <coughs> they had come to the airport three consecutive days on standby. Mm-hmm. And the first day they arrived at 11 and other people had arrived at seven in the morning. So right. the following two days, they came at seven to be first mm-hmm. in line. Right. And finally on the third day, they got on a flight. Mm-hmm. Gee, I think that'd be kind of tough. You're spending all this money at a hotel. You're traveling to the airport every day. Obviously, you got to bring your luggage each time. You wait, and then you stand by, and oh no, you didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Go back home. Yeah, that's pretty tough. And I guess there, I I understand that the rules in Europe are that European airlines are responsible for hotel costs uh, for any passengers inconvenienced by schedule changes. Mm-hmm. Although I understand the European airlines are fighting this because that would be a horrendous mm-hmm. uh, bill it's not just the people that are in europe stranded but the P- europeans that were abroad that were stranded as well uh people in wh- wherever thailand mm-hmm. whatever you heard about that uh i guess had an extended holiday whether they wanted to or not mm-hmm. and uh i think but I, apparently the the laws in europe do say that if i'm not mistaken that uh the airlines are responsible for all those costs, mm-hmm. and they're <laughs> trying to uh, obviously well, you know, fight it. Which I mean, it, I, how can you blame the airlines? I mean, the government's brought in the rule, or the, the, they made the ruling that uh, government organizations that there no flights could fly, and then the airlines have to pay for that. Well, you know, I was listening, as you know, I listened to my Russian on Echo Moscow, and they were interviewing two Russians who were stranded, and of course, the the view of the passenger is, you know. I should be compensated. And, and the uh, interviewer from the radio station was very sympathetic. You mean they didn't, they didn't, you know, look after you? They didn't right. pay for your hotel room? Isn't that terrible? Mm-hmm. And uh, so forth. But, you know, as someone say in the lumber business where we sell lumber, um, sometimes there can be wood that's less than perfect or there can be circumstances often beyond our control, like um, maybe there's a strike or company goes bankrupt and doesn't ship the wood and and so yeah it's very uncomfortable as a company when you get hit with these very very heavy charges mm-hmm. for things that obviously if 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 our lumber is not on grade that's a problem but if there's a strike or if one of our suppliers goes bankrupt these are things beyond our control and and the customers are unhappy and they want us to compensate them and I mean, where are the airlines? The airlines are all half broke anyway. Where are mm-hmm. they going to get the money? Well, that's the thing. I mean, people are very quick to complain about, you know, the airline should do this, airline should do that. But at the same time, if they can save $3 by going from one airline to another, they will. 
I mean, they, they, I think the margins in that business are very low because it's just so cutthroat. Uh, I mean, it's just a commodity business. Plus, cutthroat. Everybody tries to, to to sell their tickets for as cheap as they can, and then if something like this happens, and they're now on the hook to to it's, look it's, after it's, everybody. I mean, uh, it's people not are so unreasonable, so yeah. unreasonable. They complain about service on the airlines. They complain that there should be more service. There should be more planes. There should be this. There should be that. And as you say, they'll shop around for the cheapest possible flight. And then they complain that they're not put up in a five-star hotel uh, when something like this happens. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think if there, if it was possible for an airline to charge more and provide a full service, uh, uh, you know, great food, mm-hmm. whatever, full uh, compensation if you're inconvenienced, yeah, we charge more, but we provide all this. I, I don't. I think if that. If it was possible to do that and make money, someone would be doing it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. It's a good English <laughs> expression. The um, yeah, but I mean, consumer is consumer. As long as the consumer has a choice. But if all the airlines go broke, then the consumer won't have a choice. Right. There won't be any airlines flying. It was in- interesting. Kate here in the office was saying that a friend of hers had bought a a uh, charter ticket like a week oh, they're the worst uh, they're the worst so, yeah so they had a, they had a charter bought during that period to go to Europe for a week uh, flight flight and whether it was flight and hotels or not I don't know but they bought their charter and then they couldn't go because no flights could go to Europe and apparently they just lost their money there was yep. no no same in Europe. fun no nothing same in Europe people in Sweden and there's lots I mean if you're in a country like Sweden the land of the midnight darkness. Right. In winter, there's a lot of people planning to yeah. go to Cyprus and North yeah. Africa or Egypt or whatever. Right. All those people, that's what I we kept on hearing on the radio. People just lost those. Gone. How is that possible? Reservation at the hotel, gone. Nothing. Zero. At least with the, the main major airlines, you can fly at some point. Right. On your ticket. I mean, why, why wouldn't those charters be responsible to give that money back? That's what I understand. I don't know. I don't know. But, I don't know. You know, anyway, of all the things amazing. that I worry about, <laughs> the vacationing Swedes or Canadians who lost their charter, I don't... It's yeah, tough. You don't worry because you wasn't me. It wasn't you. I know. Otherwise, that's the thing. Was, I, I was surprised to hear that, wow, they, they're know. allowed to do that? I was surprised to hear that because they didn't... It's not It's not their fault, but it's not your fault either no. that uh, they weren't able to fly you. You didn't fly. You didn't go for your holiday, and yet you're still out that money. That's amazing. But, you know... It sort of makes me think, you know, we do live in an extraordinary world. For the, if you consider the however many hundred thousand years that humanoids have been wandering around on the planet, mm-hmm. and probably for most of that period, most of them didn't wander very far. Mm-hmm. Although some of them wandered far because they spread out to basically settle the whole might globe. Might have taken them, them a while. <laughs> taken, I don't think it was. It wasn't an afternoon one, stroll. One guy went. No, no. So over Africa ten thousand years, sweet. they moved a couple of thousand <laughs> miles, maybe. But uh, here we are today, just jump on a plane, fly somewhere. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens is news everywhere. You know, I was thinking like this morning we had a little bit of a glitch on Link and uh, we alert our guy in St. Petersburg and he starts working on it. We got another guy working on something in Bolivia. A fellow in Croatia did our design. We got members in every country creating content for our libraries of different languages. And we have a community of people working together. Like we have a project of people from... Mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 different countries mm-hmm. working on different aspects of this thing. I mean, talk about globalization. It's, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely amazing. This is, you know, ten, even 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been possible. Mm-hmm. You would have to be in a major corporation with, with branches all over right. the place. 
you know, and uh, and here we are today, just yeah. little. I mean, the internet is fly amazing. by night, not fly by the seat of the pants operation. I wouldn't say that, but mm-hmm. small, right, is the word. Small but very professional, of course. <laughs> but uh, we have a, a group of collaborators on just about every continent. Mm-hmm. It's extraordinary. Yeah, and if you figure that Serge before was in uh, Antarctica. <laughs> was he in Antarctica? <laughs> yeah. What, like he, did he... Or down there somewhere. Was he listening maybe, to Lincoln? Maybe uh, not in Antarctica. Do they, have, was, do they have the internet in Antarctica? Uh, this was before he, <laughs> he was on Lincoln, I think. Okay. But uh, we certainly have people from Africa on our forum, from mm-hmm. Egypt, uh, from, I think, uh, the Ivory Coast we've had. Uh, lots from Asia, mm-hmm. Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Latin America, Chile, Argentina... Did I leave out a continent? Australia. Australia, Australia, New Zealand we have. Mm-hmm. Um, probably some lost island in the Pacific. I'm sure. I don't know. Amazing. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, you made it back. Uh, no, uh, no more ash cloud uh, concerns that we've heard. I mean, the ash cloud thing, I guess, the thing about it is nobody's too sure if it was that serious uh, an issue or not there was a plane affected in the 60s i mean they got to err on the side of safety i had no trouble with that how many planes they wait to go down right now and and then uh, the fact that they sent some planes up there with some pilots just to test it uh i don't know much about it but (laughs) do you want to be the pilot of that plane (laughs) i didn't know that they had done that oh yeah 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 (laughs) lufthansa klm a few other airlines sent some planes up to sea so i might have wanted a parachute (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, but you know, the other thing I think about is Iceland, like they're right beside this volcano. There's an even bigger one that's going to erupt, that often erupts a few weeks or months after the little one. Mm-hmm. Um, Iceland, like how would you like, first of all, how would you like to live in a country called Iceland? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but apparently it's not that cold. It's not like Greenland it's, is it's Arctic. a little misleading, the two names uh, really. No. Greenland. Talk about the original real estate promotion. You know, buy some land in sunny Greenland. I gotta assume that it wasn't always Arctic, wasn't it? Uh, in those days, it was. Well, that uh, was the little warming period. Warmer, so yeah, it was they green. had the, they grew uh, they grew uh, grapes in Newfoundland or something, right? And uh, and this was followed then by the cold period when people those paintings of Bruegel where they're skating on the canals in Holland mm-hmm. and it led to tremendous famines in Europe mm-hmm. and, and so forth in the 17th century but uh, earlier whenever it was I can't remember mm-hmm. 11th 12th century that it was warm whether it was green or not I don't know uh, I have to assume they didn't just call it Greenland <laughs> I don't know why would they call Iceland Iceland and then call Greenland Greenland Maybe they weren't discovered at the same time. No, I think if I remember history, Eric the Red or Leaf the Ready or whoever it was, <laughs> Leaf the Lucky, they went to the one place and then to the other. Oh, and from there they went on to Newfoundland and Labrador, right. where they were annihilated by the local friendly <laughs> Beothucks, <laughs> who unfortunately got annihilated in their turn by some other unfriendly invaders. Anyway... So, yeah, no, I'm back. Uh, it was interesting. You know, the other thing about travel is it is quite stimulating. You know, I always mm-hmm. don't like to go because it's a disruption to your routine. You know, mm-hmm. you've got your things that you're doing. I'm playing hockey or I meet with you going to the family, get together and whatever, friends. All of a sudden, you've got to break that routine. So it's always a little bit, I hate kind of tearing myself away. But mm-hmm. 
Once you get out, and unfortunately on the flight out, I couldn't book my seats. I, I sat not on in the aisle where I like to sit, but one in from the aisle amongst mm-hmm. the four in the middle. And the guy beside me probably weighed about 300 pounds, yeah, about six tough. foot eight, had a great big gut, kind of overflowed into my seat area. And the Lufthansa, the Lufthansa uh, seat configuration mm-hmm. is not very user-friendly. So right. when the person in front leaned their seat back, then the reading light didn't come at my book. So I had to kind of bend. I was trying to avoid this large fellow on my right, and I was moving my book over to where I could read. Anyway, (laughs) what can you do? Yeah, all those things there make it for a much longer uh, (laughs) Longer flight. flight. However, once you're there and you see a different country and you're traveling, there's something about it that's definitely Mm -hmm. stimulating, and I think it's good. It kind of recharges your batteries Mm -hmm. uh, to travel. So, and if you can't if you can't travel, then learn a foreign language. It's or, it's, it's almost like uh, traveling in the almost. link library. Well, that's right. you're traveling in 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 terms of culture, and uh, and what better place to do that than than at link? I mean, I think we've said it all right there. Yeah, there we have. Yeah, we might just want to wrap it up then. Someone, you know, I do get requests, but I can't remember what we had. The one request which we did on homes. I think we've had yeah. a request on food. Yeah. We will respond. So uh, if there's anything you would like us to talk about, please let us know. Absolutely. Talk to you again next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye.